Welcome back to the Thunder Buddies Podcast. I am your host, Michael Martin. We are brought to you by The Oklahoman. We are riding solo today. It is just me on this pod, but we have a lot of basketball to get into. Uh, before we get into that, though, I wanted to just um, throw out a congratulations to Joe Masato. Joe, who um, has been the Thunder beat writer for quite a long time on this show, as many of you know and love, but he is in a new role as a sports columnist with The Oklahoman. Joe's a great guy, and I can't think of anyone who deserves this opportunity more or someone who will do as great of a job in this spot as Joe. I'll leave it at that for now until Joe is back on, where we can all give him flowers on the work he has put in and his new gig and ask him ask him some questions. Uh, but congrats to Joe. Great job by him. And I usually save this to end the pod, but I wanted to thank all of you for listening and contributing to the constant growth of this pod that we've had over the last few months. It means the world to Joe and I that you all tune in and listen. And I just do want to ask for one favor, and that is to our loyal listeners to make sure and leave a five-star rating on Apple along with a description. Uh, that's how we get better. and We love hearing from all of you. Now let's get into some basketball. The big story of the weekend was um, Shea's International Showcase. Shea Gildas Alexander and Team Canada go in and win against Team USA for the bronze medal in overtime, 127 to 118 over the Americans. Shea finishes with a stat line of 31 points, 12 assists, and six rebounds on 11 of 20, uh, shooting one of three from three and eight of eight from the line. He just dominated this game, and it's a historic win for Team Canada. This is the first ever medal for Canada in basketball since winning the silver in 1936. Uh, They did win bronze this year uh, over Team USA, but this is the first ever medal also FIBA and FIBA Canada's ever had. Shea is the first Canadian player with multiple 30-point games in a single World Cup um, since 1978, so heck of an accomplishment there by Shea. Shea also ranked number one in Hoops Hype's global rating, which combines players and team statistics to rank players according to their productivity on the court. The amount of games a player has missed in a certain season or com- uh, competition is also factored in. Shea had a rating of 38.79 out of 40, so just almost perfect. Just ridiculous stuff from him in eight games, along with averaging 25, 6, and 6. Second in that rating for perspective was Luka Doncic with a rating of 34.77, so four points roughly better from Shea. Obviously, Team USA in this rating um, divides their usage up among a lot of players and aren't run as much as like a one-man show, sort of like Canada and Slovenia with Shea and Luca running most of the offense. The highest rated Team USA player was at 18th overall. and It was uh, Anthony Edwards with a 17.56 rating. So Shea just dominated FIBA. And I know that Joe and I talked about it, and you've seen it a lot on Twitter, but just Shea was the best player in FIBA. Uh, that doesn't mean that he's going to necessarily be better than Luca next year. But when it comes to this uh, section of games during this tournament, Shea was the best player. And it feels like that's sort of a consensus uh, take at this point. But congratulations to Shea. It wasn't just Shea in the Canadian win um, over the U.S. Dylan Brooks, everybody's favorite player, Dylan Brooks, finished the game with 39 points. Um, that was the high for the game. He even started six of six from three. And overall, let's see here, Dylan Brooks, seven of eight from three on the finish, 12 of 18 from the field. He was lighting it up, just super heat checks and definitely opened up the floor for Shea. And, um, you know, this was not something where 
Team USA just phoned it in. They did have a couple guys who were sick who didn't play, Jaron Jackson and Brandon Ingram of guys of note. But still, you had a lot of great players out there for Team USA, including Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Mikhail Bridges, Tyrese Halliburton, and others. So they gave Team Canada a run for their money. Uh, it did go to overtime after like a miraculous shot from Mikhail Bridges where Team Canada was up by four with around a second left. Bridges is fouled, goes to the free throw line, makes the first one, misses the second one on purpose, gets his own rebound in the corner, shoots a three, and pushes it to overtime. But overtime was Shea's time, as we've talked about. Clutch time is Shea time. And he just took over and took the game by the throat and just ended it. And Canada really didn't have a great shot. As you can see, a final in overtime with a nine-point lead is something crazy. But Shea just dominated this game and looked like the guy on the floor. So congrats to Shea, Lou Dort, and Team Canada on the medal. Um, Shea's reaction to the win was pretty cool. You know, he said he was happy. I hope we inspired some kids back home. That's why we do it, to show them that if you work hard, everything is possible. Shea is in a great position now where after Steve Nash, there haven't been like a ton of just like front page Canadian players. You've had sort of the role guys like an Andrew Wiggins. You've had your Jamal Murray's who are like all star level, but not superstar. So to have Shea in this spot, I think is great for Canadian basketball as a whole. Shea also mentioned, we'll try to win the Olympics. I'm confident we have a really good group. The more we play together, the better we'll be. And I'm excited. So that's great for Canada. They secured their place at the upcoming 2024 Paris Olympics, where Shea and his teammates are aiming for the gold. So we'll have a lot of look uh, to look forward to in that. And um, hopefully we'll get to ask Shea about that. Um, I also wanted to mention just Shea's standing in the league and how different people reacted to him and how he played in FIBA, because sometimes it feels like we can get into group thing or uh, think around the, the Thunder fan base with Shea, where we have a different opinion than most other people because we see him on a day-to-day basis. We see him um, in all of these games and we see the highs and things like that, where with all due respect, most uh, NBA fans aren't seeing a lot of Shea. He wasn't on national media or national TV games all that much. I think they had two for the Thunder last year. One was the Heat game and then the other one was Lakers game, but that was more about LeBron breaking the record than it was about showcasing Shea. So unless you are a Thunder fan, a Kentucky fan, Canadian basketball fan, or some type of league pass junkie, most people were not seeing Shea on a night-to-night basis. That's why you even see saw a little bit of pushback on him making first-team All-NBA by people who, I don't want to say casual, like in the negative way, like, you know, he's a casual, but the more casual fans who are just, you know, box score looking, watching highlights on Twitter, watching on YouTube, but... Shea, as I've mentioned before on different pods, these elite players in the NBA and around the world when it comes to basketball and media members, they don't just hand out compliments just willy nilly and just just for fun. Usually when they say something about these guys, it's for real and it's because they mean it. And it's sort of a stamp of approval. We'll start with uh, Mikhail Bridges. He took the task guarding Shea for most of the night. I mean, Shea ended up dropping him in a crazy crossover, but Bridges had this to say. He's nice, man. Uh, he's first team All-NBA for a reason. Um, Steve Kerr even mentioned this whenever talking about prepping and the game plan for Shea and playing against him was we tried everything. We doubled uh, him. Brooks was making threes. When we didn't, he was making pull-ups. So you give those guys credit. They both played great. Um, ESPN Zach Lowe talked about Shea um, extensively on his podcast, The Low Post. 
quote, Canada confirmed for the world and the OKC Thunder that they have a true blue number one option MVP caliber superstar in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I mean, that's just like, that's a pretty great way to put it. And it's coming from a guy who's highly, highly respected in NBA circles and media and not someone who's very hyperbolic. So for him to say this, I think is very nice. It obviously doesn't just crown Shea. But you're seeing more and more people who are very, very smart in the NBA, working in the league, covering the league, who are identifying Shea and noticing these things about him. So like I said, it doesn't crown him, but it's a very, very nice sign. Uh, Fellow Canadian Steve Nash spoke with Sportsnet about the success of the national team and Shea's leadership. Quote, I mean, he's got it, right? Um, He being Shea has the game, the feel, the understanding, the responsibility in the moment. It's just a beautiful thing when you have a player like that in your arsenal. He's one of my favorite players and keeps getting better. It's going to be fun to watch him play the rest of his career and continue to play in a Canadian jersey as long as possible. Just more nice stuff from Steve Nash and, you know, a Hall of Famer, a guy who, um, Shea, if he has a career quite as good as Steve Nash, we are all going to be very lucky in Oklahoma City. And another guy who I know he's Canadian, so he's going to say some nice things, but he didn't say this about Jamal Murray. He didn't say this about Dylan Brooks. He didn't say this about. Andrew Wiggins or the various guys coming before him. I think Steve Nash's word is uh, pretty heavy. And then just from his peers, guys who played against him, I mentioned Bridges before Tyrese uh, Halliburton said, you know, he's an elite player. He made a lot of big plays. It's no surprise because this is what he does. Shea um, just was dominant out there and looked far and away like the best player on the floor. When you have a team USA full of NBA starters and NBA I mean, almost stars. I think you have about five guys who have made all-star teams or all-star appearances before. But most of these guys on Team USA have a big role on their team whenever it comes back to being in the NBA. And they're double, tripling him. You have uh, coaches on the staff like Ty Lue, who's won a title. Spolster, who's won a a few titles. Mark Few, who uh, coaches at Gonzaga, who's been very successful. Steve Kerr, of course, is one of the greatest winners in basketball being a player, executive, and a coach. So you're having some very, very, um, you're having some people who know what they're saying and there's some weight behind their word whenever they are complimenting Shea. Uh, Shea. Um, Sam Vecini of The Athletic said, it's so abundantly clear that Shea is just the dude on the court right now. He made an All-NBA last year and it looks like he's gotten better again based on this tournament. Not sure we know what he uh, what his ceiling is yet. Legitimately incredible player. Um, Sam Vecini, another guy who knows how to evaluate talent. Uh, Luka Doncic, uh, they had a great duel as we covered one of the earlier Thunder Buddies of uh, Slovenia versus Canada, where Canada got the win. Shea uh, outduels Luka, although Luka did get thrown out. But Luka had this to say, uh, they have one of the best players in the world, and it was really tough to guard him. Uh, Another nice thing, um, it didn't just stop there from Luka as the Slovenians did compliment Shea. Uh, Their head coach, who played professionally from 1964 to 1979, who's now been their coach since... He transitioned to coach in 1982, but has been a longtime coach of the Slovenian national team, had this to say. He's one of the best players I've ever seen in my career. He was an additional uh, motivation for a team to take him out of the game. Of course, that didn't work out so well for them when they did try to take him out of the game, but just great performance by Shea. And then the last quote that I'll leave you here with is, He's a really good basketball player. He kills everybody in the league, and one day he will be in uh, in the race for MVP. We had a game plan. I thought we executed it well to get it out of his hands, but like I said, the guy still made shots. Got to give him his flowers. That's from Austin Reeves. Got to give him his flowers is 
the main takeaway from this is I think that you're seeing more and more people, like I've said, just kind of hammered it to death with a national presence, whether it be players, media, coaches who are giving Shea his flowers and recognizing this is one of the best basketball players in the entire world. This is not some fluke that he had an all NBA type season, an all star season. We've seen this before where a guy like DeAndre Jordan is first team all NBA and you're kind of scratching your head and going, is this, is this real? Like what's going on? But no doubt about it. Shea earned and deserved his spot. And I think that he is now here to defend his spot and standing in the league. And you're getting a lot of guys giving him credit when they don't necessarily have to. Going back to Zach Lowe's statement that he made in his quote on the low post talking about Shea, that he's a a true blue number one option MVP caliber superstar. And I think that the Thunder are so lucky to have this and Thunder fans to have Shea in Oklahoma City because they're not actually that many franchise guys in the NBA. I mean, um, teams have given up even trying to trade for Shea, according to the athletic Sam Amick, who said, in terms of the possibilities that lie ahead, there is this massive factor too. OKC still has all those draft picks that Presti piled up in recent years. Come trade deadline time, having that sort of asset haul tends to open up all kinds of tantalizing conversations. Amick also stated, it all starts with SGA though. And yes, in case anyone wondered, all those rival executives who were hoping he would want out of Oklahoma City less than a year ago appear to have given up on that front. So for Shea, you know, you don't have to worry as much. I mean, teams are still going to be interested, but it's not as many active calls to the Thunder about trading him. That seems to be dead. All that stuff about hashtag free Shea from last season seems to be dead in the water. But like I mentioned before, how many actual franchise guys are there in the NBA and the Thunder have one of them? There's maybe 15, 20, if you're being generous, of guys who are actually worthy of building your team, your organization, and your franchise around as a guy who you think can lead you to contending, high-level winning, and more. Um, There's no shots I'm taking at, but there are, let me rephrase that. I'm not taking any shots here, but there are more than a handful of teams building their teams around a franchise star who the team and the organization probably would never say this, but they probably know deep down that guy's not truly worth building your team, your franchise, and your organization around. For a lot of teams and team building, this is the hardest part of building a team. And the Thunder have their guy. You you get the biggest puzzle piece out of the way. And now it's how can we compliment him? How can we build around him? How can we just sure up everything around Shea? And now it's on Mark Dagnalt and his staff and Uh, to put Shea and the rest of the team in the best position to win, continue developing these up-and-coming guys like Chet. I mean, Chet seems like a perfect pairing for Shea where you have a big rim protector with, you know, an unlimited ceiling being a unicorn-type player offensively who can stretch the floor, and there's all these other things to his game that hopefully will shine through this season. J-Dub was the steal the draft. Uh, I think that's pretty consensus right now as a guy who went um, 12th overall and now was ranked the third best rookie even behind Chet who didn't play but just in a redraft already J-Dub has looked at that way and a guy who is the archetypal 3-4 swing forward who can handle the ball defend and do a lot of things he's a highly coveted archetype of player so that's going to be great next to Shea and then Josh Giddey is one of the more unique players in the NBA being like a one 
four power forward point guard who can bring the ball up the floor. Great rebounder. One of the best passers in the NBA, great basketball IQ, and he's going to continue to get better. He's only 20 right now. And then you have a few other guys like Kaysen Wallace, who's just drafted, Usman Jang, who's another project who has a lot of potential. Uh, so that's going to be very interesting for Shea and just to see for Mark Dignall as they kind of take this team to the next level. For the last few years, it's been a lot about exploring the roster and development and don't get it wrong or twisted. They're still going to explore the roster and develop. But as Shea gets closer and closer to hitting his prime, I think that you're going to see a few different steps from the Thunder in how they handle things around the roster and rotations and things like that. That doesn't mean it's going to happen as soon as this coming year or right out the gate, but this is just sort of the inevitable. And then for Sam Presti, it's about building a team that complements and maximizes Shea's skill set. I'm not in the camp of people like Bill Simmons who feel like Shea's rise to superstardom means you need to immediately push the button and compete. Shea's only 25. He just turned 25 like a few months ago, and he still has four years left on his current deal, including next season. So the Thunder do have team control. So that's just not something I'm entirely worried about. And the fact is, you just have all these teams in the West currently where if you just wait, and I'm not just saying sit on your hands and don't do anything, the Thunder are continuing to build, but if you just keep along your path and don't push the button and don't try to accelerate things too quickly, like we've seen with teams like Charlotte, whenever they tra- oh, they sign Gordon Hayward, that didn't really help anything. Atlanta had their one-year run where they go to the conference finals, but outside of that, they pushed the button for a bunch of different players to bring in to sure up their roster around Trey Young, and it hasn't really materialized into anything. So it doesn't have, have to be immediate, but going back to my point I was trying to make is a lot of these teams are just going to age out by the time the Thunder are ready. The Clippers. All Thunder fans know about the Clippers' various age and injury issues as it comes to Kawhi, Paul George, uh, Russell Westbrook, even to a smaller extent. Those guys are coming up for new deals soon. Uh, they are definitely not the picture of health. So that could be something where that's a contender uh, or a high-level West team knocked out of the way. The Lakers, LeBron, although he has defeated Father Time, it seems like, for the last few years, is not going to play forever. And Anthony Davis, there's nothing guaranteed with his injury risk and injury history. The Lakers are a little bit weird because outside of a few years where they did have uh, Kobe's farewell tour into a couple of rebuilding years, the Lakers are usually not down, and they're a team where even if they're not playing well or things look bad, they can just pull a rabbit out of their hat and get a free agent like how they did with LeBron. But the Warriors are also aging. I mean, they have Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. I think if you just added those four guys' age up, you probably have a higher age than the entire Thunder starting five going into next year of Chet, J-Dub, Giddy, Dort, and Shea. So they're probably on their way out. Um, the Suns, who knows with them? Kevin Durant hasn't been exactly the per, uh, the picture of health either coming off his Achilles tear and just various injuries like he was supposed to make his um, home debut for the Suns against Thunder and slipped and turned his ankle. Devin Booker, he is going to be consistent. He's going to be someone that you have to deal with. Bradley Beal, who knows? He's a guy also who's dealt with a lot of injuries. And there's just a lot of teams like that who, as the Thunder are trending up, they're going to be trending down. So I think there's a good opportunity for that. And I think the Thunder will have their time when they do compete. And from everything we've heard about Shea, 
like the last few years when people are asking about being impatient or wanting out, he said, I trust the plan. I trust Sam uh, Presti. I trust Mark Dagnall. I trust our staff that we're going to get, you know, hopefully where we want to go. I mean, even last year, he said to Andrew Schlecht on down to dunk, I don't feel like the losing is going to go on for much longer. And they go and have um, a 40 win season and make the play in and are one game away from making the playoffs. So for Shea, I don't know that you can be this patient all the time. And then immediately, once you see some light at the end of the tunnel, or maybe that's a bad way of phrasing it, but you start to see the fruits of your labor now to go, well, now let's speed it up. I know we've been patient this whole time and it's gotten us this far, but now let's skip that. Is it possible? Sure. But I don't think that with this Thunder team and this Thunder franchise, they're going to rush anything. I think they like the guys they have. And I think that Shea is going to have a lot of time ahead of him in a Thunder uniform. Um, That doesn't mean that he's going to be here the rest of his career. I mean, that's not to say that Shea's leaving or anything like that, but just the law of probabilities and odds. Most guys don't finish their career with one team. Shea's already been traded from the Clippers or the Thunder, but the Thunder are in a nice position where Shea has said a lot of great things about the organization. He said some nice things about the coaches. I think in exit interviews, he said that Mark Dagnall was like the perfect coach for him. And if Shea makes another All-NBA team this year or next year, he'll be super max eligible and the Thunder are the only team who can offer him a deal with that much money and length in terms of uh, years on a contract. So I think Thunder fans should be extremely excited about Shea and this whole Thunder team as a whole. This whole Thunder team as a whole. Great wording, Michael. But congrats to Shea and Team Canada on a massive win, meddling for the first time in um, their country's history when it comes to FIBA and the first time since the Olympics in 1936 when they got a silver but upcoming in some future pods we're going to talk about how Shea can build on this momentum going into next season what it means for the thunder um i'm going to have some cool interviews with some guests that are to be announced uh we'll also compare Shea and his olympic breakout to uh kevin durant in the year that he had where he kind of arrived on the scene in a similar way to Shea, where it was kind of a launching pad from the olympics and compare Shea and KD and that aspect and sort of how KD transitioned to the next year and maybe Shea can build upon the same way. But Thunder fans should be extremely excited. It was a lot of fun to watch FIBA basketball if you did get the chance. Um, but thank you all for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate us five stars on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, give a shout out to Joe like his uh, tweet about his new role, congratulate him, give him his flowers. We'll do that on the next pod, but I've got nothing else for you. So have a great day and we will be back for more Thunder Talk and NBA coverage on Friday. <laughs>